0: Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Uh, my name is Matt Markstone, and I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, no matter where you're listening, no matter how you may be listening, I appreciate you taking the time to to tune in to uh, listen to some talk about saints. So on today's show, we have the ugly inside. We have both Clive and Freddie, uh, who were nice enough to join us via Skype uh, from... I don't know where they were. They were in a living room somewhere uh, from the, what it looked like on camera. They were nice enough to sit down and talk with me about twelve thirty uh London time or or UK time, uh which means about four thirty AM uh uh my time here in California. And, you know, uh for a West Coast Premier League fan that's pretty standard time to be awake in the morning. Uh so that's not the biggest deal. Uh but what is I forgot that the night before was my wife's high school reunion. So uh yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a r- bit of a rough morning. Uh so kinda like the uh the win we had on on sa- Saturday uh, kind of grew into it. Uh, first twenty minutes maybe a bit slow for me, uh, maybe not as quick to uh, the comments and things as I should have been. Uh, but as time went on, uh, you know, I think I grew into it, and I think things. Uh, I think we finished pretty strong. So overall, I think you will uh, enjoy enjoy the talk. Uh, there's plenty of uh, history about the ugly inside, uh, plenty of talk about saints, all things that we've come to expect here on the Southampton Delivery Podcast. So. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. I uh, just want to remind you, you can always follow along on Twitter at SFC delivery. That's at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y. Uh, and we also always like to give a shout out to the, we are Southampton page on Instagram. They are the ones who put together our logo. And so we always like to thank Matt over there at the, we are Southampton page on Instagram. Be sure to give them a follow and uh, check out everything they have going on there. So now, uh, let's get straight to the interview with Clive and Freddie from the, uh, the Ugly Inside. And so here's my chat with them from Sunday morning, afternoon, whatever, whatever it was. Um, so we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans, uh, Freddie and Clive from The Ugly Inside. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining the show and uh, welcome.
0: Hey, how you doing? Yeah, happy to be here, and good morning,
2: and good afternoon, whatever it is over there, yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, all very happy to be here.
1: Uh, thanks. So before we get uh, into the game and all that stuff, you mind telling me just a little bit about The Ugly Inside, and uh, you know, kind of how that got started, and, and kind of how it's maybe changed a little bit over, over, you know, the almost 30 years that it's been around, I guess? So I'm, I guess Clive more, more, uh, yeah,
0: be more more qualified to, to tell you the entire story. Yeah, being the old man here. Um, yeah,
2: we started off in 1988 uh, as it literally was me and Nick, Nick um our own articles with a few friends putting stuff together. And it was literally photocopying stuff, stapling it in your in your living rooms and getting a few hundred copies out ready for match time. I guess its birth was probably a little bit further back in the early 80s when Nick started doing something that was similar to what they were doing in Liverpool called the ins and outs, it was what was in in the week and what was out in the week. And it was just a tongue-in-cheek, taking the Michael, really. Do you have that expression over there? Or? No. <laughs> OK. Ripping the piss? OK. All right. <laughs> OK. Right. So that's what it was. It was nothing serious. But when the fanzine started, we felt that the fans, me and Nick felt that the fans needed a voice. There was, a, there was a lot of things going on, you know, ticket allocations and just the way that fans were being treated. We thought it could be a lot better. We thought and there was the pack, you know, the support for Southampton has always been passionate. You know, you're thinking, well, in those days, we'd been through a pretty good spell in the 80s. And then we were starting to decline a little bit after Laurie McMenamy had left. Uh, we had some great players but the performance generally was starting to go downhill and, and we kind of wanted to address that, but uh, we didn't realise what was coming over the next few years yeah. because yeah. we've been we've been through all sorts of stuff, you know, with managers and the stadium trying to fight to get the Dow it, uh, up at Eastleigh at the airport and that never happened and then finally getting the new stadium. So, And then we've had the, obviously with Rupert Lowe, so it's it's almost been like one thing after another, but now we're looking pretty... Pretty positive. Um, the only thing I'd say is, right now there's a doubt over the ownership because they clearly want to sell, and there's there's rumours about Chinese investors. Now you never know what's around the corner because these these guys, the Liebers, have achieved great things for Southampton. So nothing ever stands still. You're you're always thinking about tomorrow, and and this is as a from a fan's perspective. Well, you, you, you're worried. You're worried. Of course you're worried. Are these guys coming in going to be genuine? You know, but your first question was about how the fa- the fanzine has changed. Well yeah, from from that we went on to sell I mean at our peak, we became a bit of a cult at the Dow because if you think the Dow realistically, when it went to all seater went down to thirteen and a half thousand home fans and one and a half thousand away, which was the fifteen thousand wow, capacity. Wow. So but we were selling about three thousand copies of the fanzines. So we were hitting one in four of yeah. The people yeah. going to the ground now that's that's tremendous, really, from our point of view um and and that was the hype that was probably the early nineties when we got involved with the Ian bra out campaign um and then trying to protect trying to stand up for Matthew Letizier that was something that you know I think the fan team became synonymous with. We also campaigned to get the team back in red and white stripes, so there was a lot of little things like that going on through the years so but then. Fanzines, they had a lifespan, I think, the printed version. And they have now been... Well, they they, they are now seceded by um, websites, basically. So people people tuning into websites. And then from the websites, we've now come to the ugly inside TV. I've got to admit, I dropped out for a few years because I, I don't know, I'd lost my enthusiasm for it. I hadn't lost the enthusiasm for the Saints or anything like that. It was just... I just... Kind of saw a bit of a, a limit as to what we'd achieved, but now we're we've, we're ugly inside television. I, I've I've really got that enthusiasm back, and I love the the rawness of it, right. which was right. to me goes back to when we first started. So I love that rawness. I love the fans, even if it's a bad day, and and the fans are going off on one because we've
0: lost about the manager or a, pl- a certain player. I love that passion. That's what I want. So yeah, very very much so since um you know, since the original in copies selling them outside the doll, they've very much gone with the the trend really because for fourteen, fifteen years it was very much paper based. Then in the year two thousand Nick took it online to the UglyInside.net dot net forum website, which is still going strong and you I think there's still over three or four thousand members still actively involved in the website. So we, we saw an opening for these types of fan channels and there was sort of a gap in the market for uh Southampton channel and uh, you know, with the history of the ugly inside we thought it was, it was always going to be it was always going to work and we're doing really well and we just shy of 3000 subscribers in the first just over a uh, over a year so that alone is almost a tenth of the
1: st mary's support right right so the uh the ugly inside video channel then's been around about a year or so
0: yeah just over a year and we have been producing all kinds of things actually we we've done a lo- we've done some amazing content last week ahead of the cup final but right. most of our content right. is made up of uh you know, match previews, speaking with fans, For is, is essentially fan channels are by fans for the fans. So essentially under the same moniker and the same objective to give Saints fans a voice originally as the, as the fans did in the 80s and 90s. So most of our content is made up of match previews, reviews, fan cams, which are growing so popular now. And I'm sure you've seen yeah. the success yeah. and the cult of Arsenal fan TV. Um, so, I mean, we do sort of similar content in that respect. We've got some amazing interviews and we sat down with Laurie McMenemy last week. Oh, two weeks ago now, and also got on the same day, Matt Letizzi turned up, so
1: we've we got two legends in one day. Nice, nice. Yeah, Arsenal Fan TV, is a, is a. I don't think you can avoid that if you're online, and uh, I think you guys are, you know, if you follow a Southampton fan, generally I think you see your guys' videos, so it, uh, I, I enjoy watching them, and it's always, uh, you know, you read something, like I saw Luke was on there yesterday, and so it's like, you know, you read stuff by people, and then it's like, oh, you know, there they are, because I don't, obviously I don't see those most people, because you know i'm sitting over here at 4:30 in the morning while you guys are at the stadium so uh, you guys said you know you kind of noticed the the gap in the market for for the team and i guess i could i could say that the this podcast is is similar to that and you know it was kind of waiting around for a few months and nobody was doing one it was like well let's let's give it a shot and and since then it's it's grown slowly but it's uh you know i'm having a lot of fun and i really like i said appreciate you guys coming on and uh, doing this no problem at all and
0: you know we're we're all saints fans really and if we can all sort of work together quite closely and you know we can put out great content there for other Saints fans that perhaps aren't, you know, aren't confident enough to get on camera or get onto you know an audio podcast. We're there I mean we're, we're just fans we're, we've all got the same love and, and passion for the football club. We, us as us as you know video channels, podcasters, that doesn't make us any bigger fan than anybody else you know because right. what I love right. to see what I love to see on Twitter and on Facebook is everyone's opinions, and that's what I love about talking to people after the game because everyone, no matter what you've got to say, somebody's got something different to say. And that's what I love—the discussion and the opinions from everybody else. And, and the great thing is, it's from little kids to old granddads.
2: Right? You know, they're, they're all they're all chipping in, and why not? I think that's fair. And I think the other thing to highlight is that how communication has changed since we started the fanzine. Uh, you know, it is a worldwide thing. Here we are talking to you in the states. You know, and and it's fantastic that that you can link up all around the world and share your emotions, share your your feelings for the club. I I, I just think that's great. And uh, it's it's the way the world's gone. Some things are bad about the internet, but I think this sort of thing is great.
0: And you know what? You know, 15, uh, 15, 30 years ago, you would never imagine that a little old fanzine just outside the Dell in 1988 has reached so far across the world because we've got audiences that are tuning in from India, people tuning in from Colombia, South America, North America, like you are, that we're chatting today. And it's all about, other fans opinions and we put ourselves out there to, to open it up to everybody. Um, we, we, you know, we're following quite a lot of people on Instagram and Twitter. So it's great to see people across the world, still following the saints and, you know, from the 89, eight from the eighties where you'd never imagined that the communication and technology would, would evolve so quickly that you're able to open it up to everybody across the world. Yeah,
1: it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, you guys make it to almost every match, home and away. At least one, one or two, of you guys doing the doing the video stuff. And
2: uh... yeah, there's there's usually somebody there in an away game. I mean, we're not we're not there every single away game like we used to be in the old days. But you know, we've got we've usually got a presence there at most grounds, aren't mm. we, Freddie? And and we, we get a viewpoint straight after the game. So I think that's important, really. But um, but yeah, that's
0: that's what we do. I mean, one thing I'd also add is that you know it's not just me. Nick and Clive doing this thing. It's, mm. uh, it's you know, we've got friends that are, are part of our circles and people don't want to collaborate with us. So, for example, um, you know, Luke from Reels of Ampton, we catch up with him quite a lot outside the games. And sometimes we get other, you know... <laughs> perhaps younger bloggers as well. We've got a young writer called Dan who's just started sort of writing for us. And he, he does a great job sending in some of his video diaries. Some of our friends, you know, they send us content and it's great to see that we've got, you know, not just us. And that's, that's ultimately what we want to do is, is give Saints fans a voice. And whether it's not just, it's not just me, Nick and Clive, it's, it's everybody else contributing to the Southampton community.
1: So, you know, you guys, obviously, we made the team made the trip uh, over to, or up to Watford, over to Watford, whatever it is. Um, and we were coming off uh, the cup final, which... You know, I think we played pretty well, uh, very well, most of the game, uh, but didn't, couldn't quite pull it out. And I wasn't quite sure what to expect yesterday uh, against Watford, based on on what I saw coming off the final, but not quite being able to get there. How did you guys feel going into uh, to yesterday?
2: I, f- I felt pretty confident. I, I thought the sort of football that, the quality of football we played at Wembley uh, would would be too much for Watford. Um, that the only concern was. I think Watford are a particularly physical team and, and they might they might cause us problems. And they did cause us problems on the day up front. Um that was my only concern. But so I thought we'd concede, but I thought we'd have enough in us to to win the game. I said three one didn't I before, but um so I was I was pretty confident, yeah.
0: It is it's one of those where when we see the team line up, it's almost sort of like you know despite us playing well last week. And and do you know what, Gabbiadini's i addition... It's really lifted the entire squad. It's lifted everybody in the football club as well. You know, look beyond the transfer window. We were we were saying almost every week outside the ground, oh we're not sure where the goals are coming from. Gabi Yedouni is a is a revelation. Yeah. He, you know, he's he's sitting he's on fire. I mean, he he's he's winning the hearts of everybody already and he's only been there what? 4 or 5 weeks. Well, other
2: players like Redmond uh, has come to life. Whether the I I think they're playing a slightly different system now. But, but guys like Redmond have come to life and it's inspired him. Dusan Tadic has, has come to the fore again. It, it's been a great move for Saints. It's been a great move. One, one we've been crying out for. We've, we've been screaming since the start of the season for a, a centre forward because uh-huh. all that, you know, losing Mane and Graziano last summer and, and not really replacing them with an out-and-out striker just seemed like crazy, crazy move. And, and
0: finally, finally we got it. And, you know, it looks good now. It does look good. It's also one of those where you know earlier on this mm. season that we were. I mean, a lot of people were complaining because we were huffing w- and puffing. Yeah,
2: I think we were huffing and puffing.
0: We were a lot of energy, but uh, and and a lot of possession, but not really going anywhere. And this is it. You know, uh, Saints fans have grown up and, and loved watching the Saints because we play attractive, exciting football. And with the Gabbiadini and the new, and you could say a new system with Tadic and and Redmond. That's really coming back to us. I mean, we've we gone on a great one now. am not saying that the result was great last weekend at Wembley, but the performance was, was great to watch because we felt confident that, that we've got the, the skill and the quality in the team now. And I've been saying this, as, as my bias opinion, I think that we are a top six team. Look at the players we've got, we got on the, uh, in the squad right there. Uh, without injuries, You know, we've got Virgil van Dijk, we've got Charlie Austin, Gabby Eddini, we've got Nathan Redmond. on his day, he can be a great, he can be a beater. You know. Do San Telic as well, a playmaker. And that's exactly what we, we, we needed over the last couple of months, really, but we do what we do. We do every year, whether we, whether we've got injured players or selling players, managers, whatever. We're always we've always got a, a plan B, and and if you look at the likes of Leicester at the moment, they haven't got a plan B. You know, they sacked their manager. Who have they got to come in? You know, they're almost sort of panicking, really. But us as a football club, we've always got something to to fall back on. You know, we've lost all of these players over the last couple of years, and we've always come back stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't quite sure what to expect either. I, I would say I, w- I was pretty confident. Uh, we went in level on points with, with Watford. Um, and I felt like if we played, you know, like like you said, like we did at, at Wembley, then it shouldn't really be uh, an issue. And then uh, lineup comes out unchanged. Uh, I think it maybe surprised a few people. I think my only surprise, and I, and I said uh, before on the podcast, that uh, James Ward-Prowse is still starting out on, on the right, which I'm not always sure that that's where he belongs, but he seems to be playing, you know, pretty well and doing his job out there. Um and then once the game started, I didn't think we started very well. I think we started kind of slow uh, and, and grew into it. and And I was a little worried for the first maybe twenty minutes or so, and then after that, it kind of seemed to you know get a little bit get a little bit better. You know,
2: yeah, I think I, I looked at the I watched West Ham play Watford the week before. It was live on television over here, and and Watford had a particularly good start that game, and they they took it to West Ham early doors. But then after about half an hour. West Ham came right into it and really dominated, and I think the the game yesterday followed a similar path. But what I was encouraged about is how once Saints started to play, the fluency from back to front was excellent. Really linking the team, the, the passes right through the team was was very very good. Um, you're always worried when you're one nil down, especially um, by the, by the way. If you if you look at the the throw in um, for Watford's first goal the the guy's feet are well over the line it should have been a foul throw but right right we, right right we 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 we're happy with the results. so let's not moan too much you know uh but yeah i, I thought we we worked back well and that goal again getting the goal just before half time was was key i think that 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 gave them a lot of confidence and the spell early in the second half was exceptional wasn't it for about but i kept saying to people we need this third goal we need this third right, goal right, you know? right, and right. and it never came and then and and then round about 70 minutes, 75, they started to come into it a little bit. Um, and then he, it went 2-2, didn't it? And
0: when he bring been on before, I can't remember. Yeah, Buffel came on around about the 70-minute yeah. mark, didn't he? He didn't, yeah. make, again, much, he didn't make much of an impression, but he got himself about a bit. And do you know what? Yeah. I'm really impressed by the movement and the desire by our strikers now, by Redmond, by Tadic, by Gabbiadini. He wants that ball. You know, if if it was somebody else... I mean, I think it was Dan that was saying to us in the fan cams yesterday that you know it, Gabby Dean was invited to take that ball off Gomez because he spilled it and he's there he's, he's like Johnny on the spot you know he's, he's there he wants that he wants the ball his, his desires mm-hmm. you know it's, and that's one of the reasons why people are, are, are so in
1: love with Gabby Dean already yeah um from the uh the tv coverage that I had over here you could you could almost see Gabby Dean looking back at Buffal waiting for him to shoot and then as soon as he shoots he's running towards the goalkeeper you know yeah. and putting him under pressure and as soon as Gomez spilled it it's like I'm you know it it was you know eight o'clock eight thirty here, and I'm just yelling at the t v everybody's <laughs> awake now, and it's and once it goes in, I'm just you know elated um yep. but uh i yeah like you said he he has made such a difference with the team, and I think uh, like you said Redmond's gotten a lot better uh with him playing in up front, and uh you know Tatus has really come back to life uh like the tatage of last year where as a lot of a lot of times this year it was like you know it, it, he didn't look they didn't look great, they looked slow, they looked. Um, maybe a little bit too methodical, and now it seems like we're really taking chances to to run at people and and, and create some problems.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you know what? To all, I, w- I was a bit worried because we'd had all that good spell, and then they got the goal back. But that that just shows you the, the the threat that we've got, and that third goal was was quite special in a way. I mean, I know it was a mistake by Gomez, but the way that Gabiadini played on the last. Uh, defender you right. know the way that he timed his run to stay on side and he was on side um, was excellent it was a real quality bit of play and and then and then of course Redmond's fourth goal took it to them so the only disappointing thing was that last goal we conceded really that was, just seemed a bit unnecessary because um, Tot- uh Watford wish it was Tottenham but Watford were, were <laughs> dead it uh, were dead it 4-2 you could see their head, the heads visibly go down their body language and you thought, mm, well, you know, if anything, it's going to be Saints 5-2. Mm. But um, to let that one at the end, yeah, it didn't really matter because there was literally seconds left. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things that you think the defence isn't right yet. Isn't right yet. And whether they're going to play the... Uh, I can't pronounce the guy. I call him Caracas, but uh, <laughs> this, man, this man is... <laughs> uh, muy bueno, hablo español. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, whether we're going to play him or not, I don't know because we've spent a lot of money to get him. So, it's quite an
0: interesting one, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you say you say we we spent a lot of money. Obviously, uh, we re- spent re- a lot on wages. Yeah, that's what wages. I'm I mean, Cameron came is a free. Now, do you know what? I really hope he's given the chance sooner <laughs> rather than later because it's one of those where. You know he's played at top teams, Barcelona, Juventus, across the world under great managers, mm. and I was I fully expect him to play against uh, Watford yesterday. But I hope he gets his chance sooner rather than later, and then he can add to another a great uh, link in the defense, perhaps beyond this season into next.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the real possibility of a great partnership between him and Van Dyke for you know a season or two, because what I from what I, I've read, and I think I just hope that that Van Dyke's going to stick around. So. Uh, that could be you know really really powerful and I think with Yoshida behind them kind of pushing Caceres and 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 forcing him to kind of play well I think it could be you know it could be it could be really really good but like you said I'm not sure the defense is is quite set and is as strong as we as we need it to be but I guess I can kind of defend him and just say that you know the uh, that fourth goal or that third goal for Watford that came in you know somebody's got to get a touch it doesn't matter who it is you know just somebody get, get something on it and you know they scored three goals but I didn't really think any of them were very you know pretty goals whereas some of ours were you know well worked and 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 just beating their defense rather than a, than their defense making a mistake I guess
2: well I think that no disrespect to Watford because they've got uh what 32 points 31 mm. points whatever I, I think the manager's done tremendously well to get that many points with what they've got I think that summed up what you just said though that we- Quite simply, we're a far better football team, but you've got to put the ball in the net and win the game. And um, they still managed to get three. Mm. Our goals were football goals, their goals were scrappy goals, but so what? If if they got
0: if they got the draw, they'll take it, won't they? Mm. But, you know, that's, football. that's oh, football. As a famous game show used to say, what do points make? Prizes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think anybody if you just look at the scoreline people go oh and well, that must have been a must have been a good game and then and, then, and then kind of move on but and it, and it really was I thought that for large parts of the game we were the better team uh, maybe say other than the first 20 minutes um and then yeah I just thought it was uh, a was, was really really uh, a good performance overall
2: I'm happy that Saints are playing entertaining ex- exciting football again and and you know a lot of youngsters have been involved this season and I think that's really really good
0: mm. and bodes well for the future and what what i what i understand from from Powell's objective this season they were given four objectives first one um qualify for europe knockout stages. you can you know can cross that off he didn't it didn't um you know didn't do that one didn't complete that one rather his second one was to blood in some more youth players. He can tick that box well and truly. I mean, that's certainly that's also down to partly down to circumstances and injuries and rotations and keeping the players fresh, playing in four different competitions. Next one, I believe, would be a top ten finish in the Premier League, which we can. Ugh. I mean, we're not there yet, but we we can't uh, you know count our chickens. But I'm, I'm, I've got confidence that we can finish in the top ten. But I've been saying to, Clive and everybody else recently, there's, there's almost sort of like this mini league in the Premier League, you've got the top six teams, which I think that's probably where how it's gonna finish. Then you've got another group of f- five or six teams. Beginning of the season I would have put Leicester in there, but they're in the next mini league. So almost there's three. So you've got Saints mm-hmm. you've got Saints, Everton, West Ham, West Brom, um, that's four and Stoke. So that's the next that's those are the next five and the rest are made up of, you know, dangerous well teams that are in danger of falling into that trap zone. Um, so, we're very much very much amongst the top 10 teams. And the, and the fourth one would be to have a, a a good cup run. And it can tick that box because we reach the cup final. We've enjoyed our day out at Wembley, despite the result. But, uh, you know, that's what, that's what fans want. We want cup finals at Wembley. Mm-hmm. And we want success to come with us. Because, I mean, let's face it, we rarely make cup finals. It's probably going to be another 10 years. Well, hopefully it's not going to be another 10 years to the next cup final.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of looking, looking at the game yesterday, uh, which... You know, which of those four goals would you say, I don't know, maybe best typifies the, the, the performance on the day? You know, uh, is, is there is there one that kind of sticks out to you as, as being a good barometer of how, how the game went or or were they all I just kind of the, there? The
2: second the second goal just before halftime was a really good team goal. And and that's what I, I love Saints when they when they put it together that it's just, you know, it's sweet. It's sweet. The move is, is silky mm. and they, they're all interchanging And
0: then there's a good finish at the end of it. So I I like that second goal. For me, I like Nathan Redmond's goal. Uh, It's the fourth one, his second one, yeah. I mean, taking a shot from range, it's it's like, you know, we've got to take our opportunities Mm -hmm. now. And Nathan Redmond, he's had his critics this season. And he got man of the match, I'd say yesterday, for sure. You know, his movement, his desire to get back into the game. He's also flourishing under playing this new system. So we've seen three systems this season. It's been hard for the team to adapt to each, you know, every couple of months that we played a different system. We started off with a four-four-two diamond. Redmond was, was well build as the next Thierry Henry, but no chance of that playing alongside Charlie Austin. Um, second one was the four-three-three system, which we saw up until. Well, up until January, really, a couple of months ago, he was playing out wide. Sometimes, wasn't getting himself into good positions. But I think his best position is playing as an attacking midfielder, just sitting sort of behind the striker, maybe maybe on the left or the right. And that's that's why he done so well at Norwich because of that that position and his movement allows him the freedom to get forward and cut the balls back into the box. And he's got players around him that. You know that they've got great movement. I mean, let's—I mean, let's be honest. Charlie Austin's not the, the most mobile, mm. but the likes of Gabby Adina, and Tadic, uh, the, the, their movement is second to none, and they want that ball and they want—they want to help out Redmond as much as they can. But to be fair to Nathan Redmond, he's had his critics, and I think he's been silencing them the, the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, there was a stat out on him. A couple of stats out on him yesterday. Uh, he had Redmond had five chances created, five take-ons, three shots, and two goals. And, and, le- and, and like you said, Freddie, th- that last goal for me was, uh, I mean, it was my favorite goal of the day because he just, yeah, you know, the, the ball gets out to him, lots of space. And you're just going like, as soon as you look at who, who the defender was, it was, it was proddle or however you say his name. And it's just like, just run at him. Cause that guy's got no, no chance in hell. And, uh, you know, he just gave him too much space. And then that ball was just a rocket into the net. And it was like, Oh, like, you know, maybe Gomez should have done a little better. He's going down, uh, kind of to his right, I guess, but, uh, as soon as that ball left Redmond's foot, I was like, "Oh, that's it!" and that—that's—that the game's done, you know.
0: Uh, hey, you know what? I think I think the turning point for Nathan Redmond was that semi-final when he scored a goal against Liverpool. Since then, his confidence has is, is, is growing every yeah. single week, yeah. and you know, it goes back to the system, goes back to the players, and I think Nathan Redmond, you know, he's he's playing almost to the top of his ability. I'm I'm sure we can get more out of him. He's only 22 years old. It's got years ahead of him, and I'm sure he can, he can be a great player. And I'm sure he will get a call up to the national England team as well sooner rather than later.
1: Right now, it's, it's him, Prowse, and, uh, and Target, who's obviously not, not fit. But uh, those three have kind of uh, they've been playing together in the England under-23s, I think. I'm, I'm really hoping that, that kind of, the, the three of them can kind of continue to play together and then you know, kind of improve both with the national team and with, and with Saints. And obviously, uh, I want them to play, and I want them to play well for the national team and everybody else, and, unless they're playing against the United States, and then I need them to kind of you know, just take a Absolutely. game off.
2: Well, Mat- Matty Target has been injured for the best part of the season, but he's on his way back and he's he's targeting, hopefully, the, the summer tournament with... Uh... Pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> he's targeting. Oh, he's targeting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my God. It's been a long night, guys. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what he's aiming. That's what he's aiming for. Right. The summer tournament, the summer under-21 tournament, which, you know, he's been part of for many years, hasn't he? Along with... Nathan Redmond. I mean, Nathan Redmond got England under twenty one player of the year. We were all scratching our heads at the time, thinking, "How did that ever happen?" Because he wasn't (laughs) playing particularly well at the time. But now we can see. Yeah, we can see the last few weeks he's shown what he can do, and let's hope that's that again bodes well for the future because
0: I think he can be he can be an excellent player. Yeah, my my concern for Nathan Redmond is I think he's only one or two caps short of becoming the all time capped under twenty one England player. I hope, I hope he doesn't get drawn into obscurity and I hope he gets his chance at national level and I hope he gets more than 10 appearances for the national team because he's got talent there and I'm sure we can see the best out of him in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's quite an emotional lad. You know, I've met him a couple of times and he's,
2: he's I wouldn't say he's, what's the word? He's got ability, but sometimes he gets a bit down on things. His his emotions get the better of him and, and he just needs to... Uh, Keep thinking positive and 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 keep doing the good things that he's been doing the last few games. Because once you once you you know once you take it to people with that ability, you can really do damage. Mm. And I think that's what he's done in the
0: last few games. And that's why that's what that's why he was done so well yesterday because he's taken on players and his confidence is there to see him. Mm. That's what we like. Confidence Play- is a massive thing with with him, definitely with with all
2: players, but with with Redmond especially. Mm. I just think that he needs he needs somebody putting their arm around him and telling him, telling him encouraging him all the time. Some play, All players are different. I think he's one of those players you need to put your arm around.
1: Yeah, early on in the season, uh, watching him, there were times when it, it seemed like as soon as he got knocked off the ball by somebody, whether it was a, a defender or an opposing midfielder or something, if he got knocked off the ball, you could see him just come steaming back and he was going to commit a foul and it was going to be kind of... Yeah. Uh, you could see the frustration, I think, because he wasn't scoring and people were riding him and and now he, he's still fiery. I mean, he's got plenty of, uh, of fire there. But has, he's uh, he seems to be a little bit more composed uh, and, and and directing that energy kind of in the in the right in the right way. Uh, and that's that's something that I, I truly do I, I am enjoying watching, uh, and and I think he can do very very well for us out, out on the left. And you know, he's been I think one of the most used players in the squad. He, he seems to always kind of be a constant. Um, and I and I hope that I hope that stays there. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was a little bit worried at the start of the
2: season because Claude Poyle likened him to Thierry Henry and Thierry Henry, he ain't. But he is. He, he really has got
0: ability in a different way to Thierry. You know, and, and I think we're seeing that now. Mm. I see. I, Nathan Redmond, I think he's Claude Poyle's favourite player this season. He's mm. been selected the most amount of times, probably only second or maybe even first. I'm not, I've not looked at the stats, but probably only second behind the goalkeeper Fraser Forster. But Nathan Redman, like we said, he's a confident player. And I think Claude well, he believes that there is ability. then you know, Powell didn't sign him in the summer. He was already lined up. And it was very much a Southampton signing because we developed these young players into top talent. And I hope that the, the talent is, is developed further because he can be a, a top player, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Forrester being, I think he is at this point, the, the most or the second most used, whatever. Um, but so there's been some questions over his form lately. Uh, and we we signed uh, the young French keeper. I'm not going to attempt to, attempt to pronounce his name, but uh, you know what? What are your thoughts on maybe him getting a start at some point, or do you think do you think that spot is just belongs to Forster for now, and and uh, the young guy will get a, a chance over the summer, maybe?
2: I think the young guy might get a chance. To be fair, um, Fraser had that bad injury, and I wonder if he's just lost a little bit of the spring in his legs. Because I'm, I'm just looking at that first goal we conceded at Wembley last week, and it just didn't move. It just didn't move. It was a good free kick by Ibrahimovic, but it wasn't right in the corner. You know, it had added a decent bit of pace on it, but I think most Premiership coalies would have expected to get to that. With with you know, it wasn't like it was over the wall; it was around the wall, so you could see it coming. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit. I've I've been a big fan of Fraser because he came back last season, and it was synonymous with us keeping a lot of clean sheets mm. and and. And an upsurge in our form, exactly what we needed. So he's he's done it for us in the past, but there's been a few there's been a few rickets this season where he's made made mistakes. Conceding from free kicks is a is a big thing right now, and um, yeah, it's it's a worry because he was a presence more than anything before his his size and everything. It was a presence, but if you don't move, you know.
0: It's not good news as a as a keeper. No, I mean a lot of people were given a lot of criticism re- recently. I think people have likened him to a statue because of his lack of movement. Yeah. Um, he's, well, I think he is the biggest, only behind. well no, sorry, only second biggest keeper, only behind Pantilimon.
2: Pantilimon, yeah.
0: Um, he he's a uh, well he played at what he played at Watford. He's six mm-hmm. foot eight, but Fraser's six foot seven, and there's almost sort of this argument that he, you know, he can't get down because he's too big. How can you be too big for a goalkeeper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's
2: it's an interesting one, but but you can't blame him for any of the goals yesterday. That's 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 one good thing. I, I couldn't see any problems with that. The first goal was a bit bit freaky. Won it right in the corner. Mm-hmm. The second goal, wow, well, at the near post, came really really quick. And the third goal, the bloke was two yards out. Won it at the far post. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. It, it, it's it's a bit of a worry. His form's been a bit of a worry, and I think the the, the new guy will get his chance. So we'll see on that one, but. I mean it, it, looking at the rest of the fixtures now it's it's really interesting because we're virtually safe of relegation we you know you, unfortunately you always have to think you yeah, always to get to that 40 point mark and you know we're 7 points away now should be fine but we've got to play six all of the top six is that right yeah all of the top six and the one thing from being a Saints fan is you love knocking those big guys over it's it's it gives you so much, it really does, and and I fancy our chances in a, in at least three of those games, mm-hmm. our fanciest, our fanciest to actually win, so it's going to be a fascinating end to the season.
1: All right, all right, you kind of mentioned, you know, we, we have some big teams coming up towards the end of the season, and we are, I think we are safe from relegation, what do you think we have to do, or Saints have to do, in order for this season to be considered a success for for most of the fans, and or is it or are we past that? Because we're, you know, what what what's your what are your thoughts on that?
0: No, I think a top 10 finish would be a successful season. You know, we've reached the cup final. Uh, what we need to do now is push on as much as we possibly can. I think, you know, we're not going to break that top six because that's almost unbreakable. You've got the likes of, you know, you've got some top, well, world-class teams, you know, really, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I don't think we're going to break that top six. I think we've dropped too many points this season. Um, you've also got, Teams like Everton that in are and in our, are around us are picking up points out and are performing well as well. So it's going to be tough, but I think a successful season would be top six, perhaps aim for about eight or nine. I think we've got the ability and the, and the team that can help us get there. Yeah, I think I think top ten would
2: be would be fantastic because that'll be top ten for three consecutive seasons in the Premier League, which I don't think we've done before. So in in the, in the Premier League before it was Division One. So that would be a good achievement along with the league cup final obviously. Um and the fact that the young players have come through. The young players have come through but I want to be thinking this summer I want to be looking forward to the transfer window. I don't want to be dreading it. Right. I want right, Saints right, right. You know I want Saints to to go out and show some real ambition and and add to the squad. It's it's difficult to know where, you know, because they've they've got a good balanced squad now. But show some ambition get get the fans excited again they they're going to follow him whatever you know the fans are going to follow him whatever but let's get the place buzzing yeah
1: i agree um and, and looking at at the squad if they, like you said if there was one area that you could add to it what where would that where would that be
2: uh, clearly the center half position both center halves need to be sorted out because in virgil and jose font we had an amazing com- uh, combination and when you lose that, it's so difficult to replace. Could Jack Stevens and Yoshida do it? I don't think they could. They, they could certainly step in and do a job, both of them individually, but I, I just don't think they've got that presence and aura that Van Dyke and Fonte had. So that needs to be addressed. We, like you said, we might already have it. We might already have the, the solution in Caracas and Casares. Casares and Van Dyke, yeah. Yeah, we might already have it. So that I'd, I'd like. Well, of course we're not. I don't think we're going to see much of Virgil. I think uh, Bowler counts. Someone said he's on crutches at Wembley last week. So unlikely that we're going to see him before the end of the season. The talk from Ralph Kruger, the chairman, is that he's going to stay. That's that's what we desperately hope. And but let's see Caseres. Mm-hmm. Let's see some mm-hmm. of him. Let's see what he's like. You know, because he's a quality player. Mm-hmm. He's played at the top level. Let's make him feel welcome to Southampton and and want to stay here. I think
0: that's important. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, defence has obviously been our, our well our downfall the really, last couple of weeks. But to be fair to Yoshida this season, he hasn't made he hasn't made many mistakes at all. I mean, last season we we're almost banking on him making an error to to give away a goal or two. And to be fair to Yoshida as well, I think he's also showed a bit of leadership qualities towards Jack Stevens. He's developed him a little bit more. So playing alongside you know a Premier League defender week in week out. Perhaps he's not one of the best defenders. Let's be let's be honest. But you know, I think Stevens has has understood that and learned a bit from Yoshida as well. So it's exciting to see Yoshida this season not make any mistakes. And you can back on him to be a, a, you know a decent decent player that game. But you know, is it one of those where because nobody else has come in for him, you know, does it make him uh, an asset? That you know, does it make him irreplaceable? I don't, I don't know. I mean, Yoshida he's one of those players where. I think if he were to leave for anybody else, it would be a bottom half team. I don't think any top team is going to come in for Yoshida.
1: And I, I think I've said before that I, I always think Yoshida is good if he's not the leader at the back line. Like if he's taking kind of uh, orders from, from Font or from Van Dyke, then it makes him a little bit better. But I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong in that because, like you said, over the past few matches when he has been had to be in charge and kind of marshal that line. And he's actually played really, really well. And and so I, I have been a, a pretty critical of him uh, in the past, and I think maybe it's time for me to start giving him a little bit more, a little bit more credit. Not too much because I don't want him to, uh, you know, start making errant back passes again. But I I, uh, I I have to be, I'm pretty happy with his performances.
2: Well, wh- one thing I'll say about him, he has got a fantastic attitude, and he, he's been a good servant to the club. So whatever whatever the formation is in the future, you know, I, I think he's going to be part of the furniture here. Um, I'm more. I'm thinking forward again to the summer. A little bit worried about the fullbacks because they're so crucial to our game. We don't. We don't want them being nabbed off us by the the Man Cities or the Arsenal's or the Liverpool's. We need to keep those fullbacks together if we want to build for the future. You know, this this that's one area where we we must keep those guys together because Bertrand and Cedric are exceptional in my book, and and they're and in this new system that we've got, I think they've absolutely vital they're absolutely vital I mean Sam McQueen and uh, Matthew Target can do a great job uh,
0: but they're not of the quality of these guys mm. I'm really excited to see Jeremy Pied, um, Yeah, put this shirt on yeah. he played about half an hour against Watford at the beginning of the season and then he got that ACL on the training but yeah. From all accounts and all the reports that are suggested about him he' he's, he's very much a utility player, so he can play he can play right and left full back right and left attack on the and I think he well he he's re, he was very much the first Claude Powell signing if you like mm. you know a French player that's played under him quite a few times and um yeah i'm excited to to see him and hopefully he can, he can be a quality player for us as well, and hopefully maybe even put a bit of a competition to cedric but but by all accounts, Cedric has been excellent this season you know for me he's been he's right up there in, in one of the you know, best right backs in the entire league right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was some talk yesterday on the TV coverage that I was watching, but he hasn't, he hasn't scored for the club, but I still think that he has, uh, I think he creates problems for people uh, in much the same way that Ryan Bertrand does. Aside from Virgil van Dyke, I think Bertrand's probably, you know, the player I enjoy watching the most. He's one of my, one of my favorites. And especially when he overlaps and and kind of causes issues like he did against, uh, he did it against Liverpool and he did it against Sunderland yeah, Cedric. Cedric does much the same thing on the on the opposite side, and uh, I think that is an area where we would definitely want to make sure we hold on to that quality because it's not only the people uh, or the big, the bigger teams in, in England, but you know there was talk of Barcelona coming in for for Cedric too, and that's that would be uh, that would be devastating to watch him kind of go off that way. But you know we can only do so much about ho- hoping we hold on to him. So looking forward to two weeks from now. How are you guys feeling going into to to face to face Tottenham?
2: Uh, let's take it to them. Yeah, let's take it to them. I think the pressure's on Tottenham. I think we haven't got much pressure on us now. I think we're we're pretty pretty decent position. So let's take it to them. Let's let's keep that flowing system going. Um, I'd have, I'd have been very worried six weeks ago. I'd have been very worried about this fixture, but now I'm looking forward to it, and I'm thinking we've got a decent chance.
0: Yeah, me too. I think I mean the 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 trap that we we mustn't fall into is because we haven't played another one where well, we got two weeks off again. You know, we 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 uh, pract- well. You know, trained for two weeks ahead of the cup final. All right, by all accounts, the result wasn't great, but we were you know impressed by the performance. And if we can continue the performances, uh, we've all been impressed by the last couple of weeks. I'm sure it's going to there's going to be more goals. It's probably going to be two or three from each side. And I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch and I think what we need to do we need to you know make sure that we're not complacent because we've played the two uh, well trained the extra two weeks over Tottenham I think we we've, we've got a good uh, a team there that can you know break break down Tottenham and by all accounts perhaps some of their their fullbacks are are there to be exposed because you know like us Walker and Rose and uh, Davis I think because Rose is out at the moment right Right. they they, they like to get forward quite a lot and we can get them on the counter-attack. And I think the likes of Nathan Redmond, Gabby Adini running on, uh, getting on beyond the last man, playing on the last shoulder. And I think it's going to be exciting to see how Aldavira, you know, whoever plays centre-back that day, deals with Gabby Adini because he's a bit of an unknown quantity for Premier League defenders right now because he's only been in the door, what, four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. He's a revelation, already scored six and four. So I think they are obviously fearing the amount of goals that we've scored the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and Tottenham's back line with uh, with and, and and Vertonghen, I think they're gonna. I think we'll find it a bit a bit tougher, obviously, to to score against them, and and Dean will have a tougher time kind of uh, playing against them because I think they will. They're physical, but they're also smart. You know, they're good positionally, in the, and because I think they play on the uh, their, their national team together, I think they kind of understand. And if that that partnership's there, uh, I think we'll find it a bit tough. But I definitely think we can. Uh, cause them problems especially against Davis because Davis is not nearly as good as as Rose is and uh, if you if you watched any of the uh, Liverpool Tottenham game uh, Mane just made him look terrible whether it's James Ward Prowse or whether it's it's Redmond or 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 Cedric running at him I think we can cause him some some issues
2: yeah I think we can I think we can I think it's we went there last season and won so why not I think we can do that again I think we do it again let's Let's be positive about it. Really, yeah. We've got we've got the players to unlock defences now. Whereas a few weeks ago, it, it all looked a bit all looked a bit static. Now it's flowing. I think that's the difference. I really think that's the difference. Tottenham, obviously, high energy team, uh, but they did they did run out of steam about this time last season. So,
0: and they'll do they'll do, they'll do every year. They'll spurs it up, let's like, like say.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they have to finish below Arsenal. It's kind of how things work. So. Yeah, well, awesome. well, I, I'll gladly, <laughs> gladly aid them in that. All right. Well, um, you guys have anything else that uh, any, any other team news or anything that you uh, is kind of on your mind?
0: I just wanted to say that you know I've been impressed by Cedric's deliveries <laughs> last couple of weeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I had to
1: right. get it in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's, it's 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 fine. It's good. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just I just think that you know looking forward we need this ownership situation sorted out because I I, I just feel maybe the club's how back spending money. It's almost like how can we get away with not spending money but still like staying at the same level. But I'm not on about just spending money for spending money's sake. I'm on about spending it to improve the whole situation. Right. And improve our our profile. Because I think that's what needs to happen. To to, to take a to consistently be oh I don't think we're I'm not thinking maybe top 6 or whatever but just outside that top 6 we should be the top team of that next section. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And I think to do that you can't just stand you can't just rest on your laurels. You need to keep moving all the time. The stuff coming through from the youth team is good, but I think that you have to be very wise in the transfer market. Very wise. I think we have been with Gabbiadini. Mm-hmm. I think we have been. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't yeah, absolutely. I don't want to see him getting shifted off to Liverpool for Thirty million in the summer, you know yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the thing that's the thing what, what we have that's good, we keep that's mm-hmm. that's what we need mm-hmm. that's what we
1: need I was listening to uh, I was listening to the Arscast, cast, and they had a Liverpool fan on, and he said, you know we don't really have a striker, and I was just in my mind going like, no, you can't have gabby d e stop don't even don't even say it, but whatever I, I wanted to ask you did you, did you guys see that video of the uh, the supposed saints fan at uh, at Fratton Park? over over this past week I I just
2: saw the clip of him being cutted out by the stewards that's all I saw Mm. so I don't know if that's there's a lot of there's a lot of rubbish that gets talked
0: and I I don't know it's it's one of those because it's all across social media it's Chinese whispers like it is in the playground I've heard from various people that I know down the road they said oh this Saints fan he got beaten black and blue. he went home in an ambulance they burnt his scarf they burnt his shirt right in front of him who knows what to believe you know, it's yeah. Chinese whispers, and the the video that you see online, you can only see him being carted out by the uh, by the security. By the stewards, yeah. There's nothing else to suggest that he got beaten up. There's nothing else to suggest that he went home in an ambulance. So, I mean, there's also a fact that it, it, the they said it was a Saints sh- a shirt, but it wasn't actually a jersey. I think it was one of the polos with the red and white hoops, right, right, red right, and white stripes. Right. And it must have been one of those where they get it from the club shop, but I'm not too sure. But who knows what to believe.
2: What was the other thing on Twitter? Southampton are...
0: They, they said, oh.
2: Southampton are red, Pompey are blue. We've won more major trophies than you. And Saints replied, Southampton are red, Pompey are blue. We can't we- hear you down a league two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and then, uh, you know, some other people, I saw some other ones that were that were going around and it was just, I mean, all of them were, were fantastic. It's And I enjoy that because where I live, I live basically halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles. And so I'm in... I, if I want to... There's no home team for me. There's no team down the road. It's it's three and a half hours or four hours to San Francisco. So there's no uh, there's none of that, that that goes around. And so when I see kind of you know these types of things between the clubs, and it seems you know well natured enough, um, I, I enjoy I enjoy taking part in that. But yeah, I don't know. That was just this was kind of
2: well. I, 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 you just say where you live there. I, I'd just like to say hello. If if the guys listening to Tim Mumford, who who uh, put me up when I was out in California, so. Big, big Saints fan right from way, way, way way back in time. So, Tim, if you're out there, all the best, mate, and up the Saints. All right.
1: Um, Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining the podcast, and uh, I hope to talk to you guys uh, in the future. And uh, until then, I'll just see you guys on YouTube and uh, read your stuff on the website.
0: Thanks for having us. All right.
1: Thanks very much, Matt, and uh, up the Saints, guys. Up the Saints. Later. And that was my chat with Clive and Freddie from The Ugly Inside. I want to thank them again for taking the time to join the podcast. Uh, be sure to follow The Ugly Inside on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the channel on YouTube and check out their website. The links for all of those are in the show notes, but you can check out uh, The Ugly Inside on Twitter. It's at, at The Ugly Inside. And from there, you can get links to the rest of their platform. So be sure to check them out. Uh, they have all kinds of things to offer, from great articles and analysis to Fan cams and a, a number of other things. So be sure to check them out. And I really appreciated talking to to both Clive and Freddie. It's really interesting to get some perspective from Clive, who has been, you know, doing this since before it was, uh, you know, relatively easy to reach out to a number of people. You know, now we have with social media and things, we can. It's it's so easy for everybody to to kind of have a voice and put their their say out there and back when Clive was making copies in in his living room and stapling them together and carrying 3000 copies to, to the stadium on the weekend, that's, uh, that's a big, big commitment. And, you know, kind of without that, you know, that, I think that kind of paves the way for, for what, you know, some people do now, uh, whether it's blogging or going to the games, whatever it is, what that, that kind of passion is, is really what kind of sets the tone, uh, for the rest of us. And, uh, I appreciate that because may, maybe without that, maybe, maybe we don't do this. Maybe we don't have, uh, the fan cams. Maybe we don't have, um, you know, maybe I don't do the podcast. I don't know. It, Cause it's, it's not easy to, uh, always put that out there. And, and like Freddie said, it's just another way for fans to kind of show their enthusiasm and their commitment. And it's, it's not about, it's not about us. It's about, it's about the team and it's about us as a whole. Um, and I just really, uh, I like hearing that from people. Who are you know doing it for real, who are you know out there each and every day, and it would be easy for them to kind of go like, yep, look how look how uh, great we are and stuff like that and uh both Clive and Freddie super humble and uh I don't know, I just enjoyed enjoyed that talking uh I look forward to to working with them again in the future and uh you know seeing all the other stuff they they put out so once again, be sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And check out their website. Uh once again on Twitter they are at the ugly inside and the links for the rest of those uh are in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. You can always follow this show on Twitter at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I V E R Y. That's at SFC Delivery. We'll take your questions, uh, we'll take your comments, we'll take your feedback. Uh, you can submit um, you know, guest requests, people you like for me to try to get in contact with. Um, and whether it's you or someone else, I will uh you know, consider it and try to make that happen. So uh, you can also always subscribe to our feed on iTunes. You can do iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, Google Play or Acast, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you want to be really, really nice, uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes if that's where you listen. That will help spread the word to more people and help more Southampton fans find out about the show. So I appreciate everybody taking the time to share the show or write a review or, um, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And uh I, I just appreciate all uh of the time and all the support that the show has received in its very uh short time in existence. And I, I just I just appreciate it. So uh once again thanks to Clive and Freddie for doing that. And uh during the show, Clive brought up the fact that uh Pompeii decided it would be uh okay for them to uh to tweet out, um, you know, Saints are red, Pompeii are blue, uh we've won more major trophies than you or something along those lines. Um, after Saints lost the uh, the EFL Cup final, and I thought Southampton's fan uh, response, uh, the Southampton uh, Twitter account uh, response was was fantastic, and it said Saints are red, uh, Pompeii are blue. We can barely hear you from down in League Two, and uh, you know I took a, a picture of the Portsmouth uh, tweet and uh, I put it out there, and I asked Saints to or Saints fans to give me their best uh, reply, their best reply uh, poem. And uh, we'll read some. And uh, Jake Wilson, who is at Jake underscore Wilson 98 on Twitter, um, sent me Southampton are red, skates are blue. Tell me in Europe when you've beaten Inter 2, uh, which I thought was was pretty good. Um, I found another one uh, by Dan White, who is at Dan's White. that's at D-A-N-S-W-I-G-H-T on Twitter. Um, and he although he did not submit this to me, I, I did I did come across it and I asked him if I could if I could read it out loud and he said, Go for it. So it says Saints are red, Pompeii are blue, we just beat Watford and they've lost a crew. Once again, just a nice little uh, little dig there. And Lenny, who is at Lenny Saints, also tweeted something very similar to what Dan had written. And uh, you know, I thought it would be good to try to insult or bring in Bournemouth to this, so I said, uh, Southampton are red, Bournemouth used to wear pink. Pompeii fans are arseholes. No wonder they stink. And, uh, you know, that pretty much just having some fun, uh, reaching out to, uh, to people. And, uh, you know, I always appreciate anybody who, um, interacts with the show, uh, makes sure a little bit more fun. Cause it's not just about, uh, it's not at all about me. It's about all of us kind of, uh, having a good time, putting our voices out there and, uh, overall just supporting, uh, the team. So, um, that pretty much does it for this week. We will be back next week. And although we don't have a match, um, I'm excited to talk to Mark Sanderson, author of the Bobby Stokes book. And I'm looking forward to, uh, picking his brain about Southampton, uh, and about writing and about, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, other things. So I'll put out a tweet later this week, uh, asking for any questions that you might have. Um, so I will look forward to, uh, to those questions, hopefully, and I uh, look forward to talking to Mark And uh, until next time, remember that together we march on.